Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of The Atomless. Just so you know, this episode is a very special episode of The Atomless. It is the first part in a four-part miniseries that takes place in the distant past before the start of the main campaign. This miniseries is featuring a new cast, but does feature all of the main cast in some way or another, and is a part of our canon story. Before we begin, I would like to say a special thank you to everyone who has supported us on Patreon, and most especially to Sunny, Noah, and Daniel for your support in making this show's production so great. Thank you for joining me for this special, and I hope you enjoy. The afternoons on Saga this time of year are sunny and warm, with the occasional wispy breeze that carries the earthy smell of vines into Arcticorea City and the towns that just lie outside. The hide-and-seek lodge is just opening its doors for the day, while the owners and chefs at Comfort Cups, the local favorite lunchtime spot, is closed to prepare for the next rush. In the center of town, there is a hush of people going about their day as usual, while a few miles away in the city proper, machines were with the tinkering of construction. Grist and Nim, you are within the center of town, just outside the city proper. Comfort cups and the lodge, as well as several other shops and things about town are are nearby. What would the two of you be up to on your average afternoon? At this time of day, Grist would probably be working one of several odd jobs to just help put money on the table and feed themselves, as well as Nim, though they're not sure at the stage if Nim needs to eat. Uh, honestly, uh, Nim doesn't necessarily like to eat, but I have a feeling that Grist has tried multiple times to get her to eat just because it's like one of those things where, you know, uh, <laughs> due to the fact that she has the um, physical body of a child, a lot of people tend to kind of rise questions when they don't see Nim taking care of themselves. So, um, mm. so yeah. Mm. Then I think in that case, like we probably find ourselves outside of this shabby looking apartment complex, maybe like on the steps of it, of like cracked flagstone. And Grist is standing kind of on the porch uh, facing you and has like a little brown like paper bag that is reeking of food, food stuff people food stuff that they're like tentatively holding out to you. And as Gris stands there, we like look at them and we see someone who is built like the forgotten shadow of a powerful hero. 
Uh, they are six foot five with these hard ribbons of muscle wrapping around their form like desperate armor. And they are a half-orc with this kind of colorless gray pallor of bleached ash kind of skin. Uh, and spider webbing across their neck, across their exposed arms, across their hands, uh, and even across their face are scars of a darker gray, kind of like charcoal slashing across a bleached canvas. Uh, and her eyes are this pale kind of lifeless washed out shade of yellow. And they've got this thick, shaggy mane of black hair combed in this kind of lackluster way. Like they tried to school it into a kind of discipline, but then gave up halfway through. Uh, and these dark strands hang in her face as she kind of towers over you and holds up this paper bag. And yeah, Chris looks like she could have been a hero. Like she's built like one. Uh, she's got the tenor, the timber, the cadence of a hero, but their skin is a little too bloodless. Their eyes are a little too lightless. There's something that's a bit hunkered, a bit withdrawn, surly about them. But they hold out this paper bag. Kids gotta eat. When you see Nem, you see this very uh, short uh, humanoid child. However, um, sprouting out of their back is um, these sort of black wings. Um, that have these uh, feathers that kind of flutter down to the ground whenever they move. Um, they haven't really figured out why they're shedding, but um, it's been a thing for quite a minute. It's been kind of worrisome. But um, when you look into their eyes, you don't really see irises, you don't see pupils, but you see galaxies, you see constellations, and um, you see this depth that a child shouldn't have yet um and kind of flowing over their shoulders is this raven black hair that kind of like is in coils and spirals and whatnot and um their skin is like a russet brown they have the demeanor of someone who has lived eons and someone who has been through more than they should have but at the same time though she still has the innocence of a child and she has the innocence of someone who is young and on her what she's wearing basically are these kind of worn down clothes um something that nim doesn't really pay attention to and she's kind of uh she has this look about her that is worn and has been traveling so she looks at the paper bag and they're like you know i can't stand that stuff right uh, I, I switched it up. It's different. I believe these are what the people here call French fries. French fries. Mm-hmm. It's very greasy. I believe I know what you're talking about. But remember the last time I ate grease? It didn't necessarily go well. Right. The combustion incident of last week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Grist slowly lowers the bag and just kind of like tucks it back into her uh, workman's bag, like this kind of patchy saddlebag just by her hip and closes the flap. Dang it. Uh, well, how about I give you some money and you can get what you want from the town square. Uh, we can meet up after work. And uh, Nim takes a moment because she knows that Grist <laughs> is trying their best. And um, she nods and it's like, mm-hmm. All right, kiddo. Remember, stay out of trouble. And don't tell anyone about your past. I'll try my best. 
and Gris reaches into a pocket and fishes out these greasy, like, kind of paper bills, which I think is maybe, I don't know what the currency is like here, but it might be unusual to use material money or, like, a bit outdated. Yeah, yeah, it's it's usually all electronic credits at this point in time uh, mm-hmm. that are, you know, kept on little um, drives that everybody carries around. Yeah, it's like using, writing a check at the grocery store today. Yep, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would be a little outdated, but not totally unheard of. I think Grist insists on being paid paper money. Like, they refuse to take digital currency. So they take out, like, like actual coins and actual paper, which is, like, super, super archaic at this point, and they, like, forks them over to you. So it's my understanding that you give the money to the person that you're trying to buy items from, right? Yes, yes, you can't just take stuff. Oh. Well, that's kind of happened a few times, but I can't really do anything about it now. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We'll just lay low. There's a lot of people with wings here. We'll blend in. Okay. All right. And if you and if you need anything, let me know. <laughs> yeah, sure. You'll be the first to know, kiddo. And Gris kind of pats you on the head in a... But um, maternalistic way, almost, uh, almost like a, a older sister, really, like pat pat, and then like rolls her shoulders back, sort of pulls herself up to her fuller uh, six foot five hunkered height, uh, and like smooths down the front of her sleeveless leather vest that she's got on. This kind of raggedy, honestly, almost a little like agrarian looking, uh, like brown leather vest that looks like it was made from like actual real leather and not like uh, bioengineered leather, right? And she's got this kind of like. Uh, hard scratchy tunic underneath uh tucked into these like uh trousers and a belt and these taut like these like thick hardy workman's boots like she's dressed down like very much like a just a regular day laborer she nods and she turns and she goes off to work uh at probably whatever big corporation is running a lot of things here uh as you are heading off uh you see running kind of towards you a little bit stumbly is this uh, short of stature uh, Isoki that is sort of field mouse-like in appearance, uh, feet a little bit bigger than the rest of uh, their their body proportions, and their overall pants like kind of hang down over their feet. And as they're like running over to you, uh, they sort of stumble a little bit. Uh, and then catch themselves, pull themselves back up. Uh, they've got a sort of utility belt filled with different tools and things like that. Uh, and you know this person. You've you've worked with them before. You know them uh, to go by switch. And they sort of stumble up to you. And uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, uh, we got like... Uh, a couple of other jobs. I heard you were looking for extra work. Uh, you still got room on your plate? <laughs> I always have room on my plate, Switch, if there's money involved and if they don't mind doing it hard. Yeah, it's a little hard to find you jobs that pay in, in you know, the old stuff. But uh, luckily, you know, the the... There's a couple of people who still do any... Anyway, the, uh, the Comfort Cups folks, they're, you know, they're... D- Sheet doors broken again. I could fix it, but I just got too many things 
uh, going on. So, you know, maybe after work or something, you stop by, swing around, and they, they'd appreciate it. They'll pay you in paper. Yeah, sounds good. I'll make sure to swing swing by after work. Thanks for looking out, Switch. Yeah, you got it. Okay, okay. I I really gotta run off. Sorry. Uh, everything okay? You're always in a hurry. Oh, if I sit still for too long, I start to get really anxious. So I I, I that's all right. Uh, There's just too much going around. Yeah, this place is pretty overstimulating. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Sure. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and they run off, um, as you head to work. Apex, where would you be as Switch is headed in your direction? Apex is probably leaving one of the research labs that I would say he has a deal with of just either, like, paying for some material and then like return it like make like a material trade like they were if they were looking for something he would give them that and they would probably have a uh isolated formula or something of the sort that he would need to do the work that he's trying to do so like trading trading information for resources or vice versa uh and then just meeting up with one of them and then walking down the street and kind of just doing like math in his head as you're doing your calculations, uh, sort of lost in in those thoughts, uh, Switch comes barreling uh, towards you. Hey, Apex, hey, um, we, uh, how, how's it going today? It is a lovely day, Switch, and how are you? I'm pretty good. Look, there's, um, a couple of words from inside the city. They're contracting a bunch out to, you know, the townsfolk these days, and I don't know, it's just pretty, it's pretty unusual, I'd say, you know, like, they they don't hire us for things. Is that a good idea? Most of you are very fleshy. It's true, very fleshy, but, uh, you know, if you're looking to make coin, they'll certain to take you, there's, there's, um, Bernie and Calico over at the lodge, they apparently got some contracts in the mail, working for the city proper. And an Apex is wearing this like full body armor suit. Uh, there is a black hood. The mask has what almost looked to be like a painted on like sharp row of teeth on the front. And then there's two like red circles for the eyes. But when Switch mentions the place to go, the eyes like narrow a little bit probably perceiving what's under the mask to relay the facial expressions on the mask. You see him like check his uh, gauntlets on his wrist a little bit and then like kind of crack his neck. All right, Dean. Do you know if they're paying these people well? Um, no, not, not to my understanding, at least not the way that they pay, you know, the, 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 the suits. It's, but I mean, it's still, it's still money. That's true. Would you like me to go and help? Well, I, th- I just think it'd be, it'd be swell. Maybe, you know, like it, I, it also, there could be some information that's interesting to you. I, I don't know, but I, I, at the very least it could help. Do you think they know about where to find a basilisk? Um, 
You know, Calico might. She's been around. Switch, you even know what that... I see, I didn't expect you to know what that was. But you, uh... You're a smart one, Switch. Well, I have a lot of things to be afraid of. So, I, I tend to keep my wits about me. Alright. Which way am I going? Oh, uh, I down... Down to the outskirts of town, it points to, like, uh, just outside the, like, alleyway you're walking down. If you head straight in all the way into town, uh, you would eventually hit it. Uh, and so, with that being the case, um, because Apex is the worst, uh, he, like, crouches down almost on all fours and then goes into a ferocious sprint uh and with uh the beast blood he makes a feline leap to go as high in the air as he can and then uses his jet thrusters to even go further beyond and just like basically just starts spider-man leaping from building to building as he can with no concept of who he's disrupting or anything like that okay bye uh, and <laughs> you are, you are gone like, a, like a bullet, uh, through the sky. We'll kind of step into the city proper for a moment at a kind of swanky office that towers above the city with a view of the outskirts of town were you not so high up in the air that it was impossible to see you theoretically would be able to see the entire uh the entire town sebastian you are here for what has become a regular meeting with merrick who is not someone you know a lot about personally he's a youngish human man who dresses well and does not have too much to say to you. But in these meetings uh, where you present what your ideas are and go over the logistics, you have about 15 minutes with him where he will pay you every mind. So sitting in this weird hybrid of overly anxious but very confident in what they're about to talk about. This five and a half foot large silk moth whose fur is extremely fluffy but has this deep brown wooded texture. Their wings have been almost tied to the to the back of them. These half crescent moon shapes that almost gild their wings and there have been these tattoos of almost this like tapestry of what seems like a like a medieval banner showing this like journey of a family and, and uh, if you look deeper it's seemingly a group of families and and to the point where it's almost this like these these tattoos of a of an entire city that splay across their back they're wearing a as as buttoned as it could be their fur on their chest kind of puffs this white shirt out 
a bit too far, but they've tried to to do up this shirt without being super uncomfortable. They have one like deep black moth eye, and the other one of their eyes has seemingly been replaced by a camera shutter. Uh, they have these big, thick glasses. One side of the glasses has been like taken out, and the other one is glass to help see but the, the the camera shutter eye doesn't need any help uh seeing anything they have these big ears spined again like a moth they sit awkwardly on the chair and kind of are repeating a log line to themselves they keep repeating like similar words along like the same topic and they're like no not that um so what it's about is it's a family story about <coughs> Sebastian. Yeah. You ready? Whew. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am from Saga. Um, I was born and raised here. I, I love the city and I love the people. And my parents are both from Saga. My grandparents are. My great-grandparents flew here in the old way from Nerd Noir. They uh, suspected from the from the Hive and the Queen and they sailed on a ship through the space in between into Asia and they and they settled here. I love this city and I love its people and I wanted to tell a story that is about the people here and the everyone is so connected and in a real communal sense uh, even, you know, no, no offense, but even, even big corporations can't get in the way of this, of this connectivity that everyone feels. We have markets and this. I want to make an experience that when people using the drift come into Saga, they can see what we're all about. They can see who we are and how anyone is welcome. We are nothing but a but a big city full of every person you can imagine. And all of this makes us one connected people. I'm so proud of, of, of who we are and I put so much effort. This film is so important to me. It is so personal and it's about my family and how we came here and how how, how we settled our roots, yes, but it is about Saga. It is about this planet. Everyone is sharing these similar experiences because we are so unique and we are so different. Um, it's part documentary and part non-fiction. It is, it is part written about my great-grandfather's story and it is also interspliced with interviews of people from Saga and why they love it here. This is the biggest project I've ever taken. And I know that I can't fund this myself, but I hope that you will be able to give us the, the backing we need to tell a story that is going to connect with people for generations. <laughs> hey, that's great stuff. I mean, look, we're just the money guys. You know, that's why we that's why we reached out to the 
smart, clever creatives like you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're 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 just here to support you with the resources that you need, obviously. Look, it, it sounds great. It sounds like a, a beautiful project. Really, you got me right here with that stuff about your great, 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 yeah, great, yeah. great grandfather. Yeah. That's, I mean, I also love Saga. Um, so truthfully, I, I get you. However many credits you need, I'm going to give you blank stick. <laughs> right? You 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 take whatever you need and you just make this project happen, make it good, make it whatever your dreams are. I, I trust in you. You've got that kind of spirit. <laughs> Merrick. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I like absolutely. Um if there's you know, if there's anything I can do, like to like like I would absolutely be down for it. Um I, pr- I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We're really oh, going to make something special. You got it. You're, I, I, I have the utmost <laughs> faith in you. Uh, uh, before you run out of here, though, um, here, and he puts a credit stick into your hand, into your... Little, little furry paws, yeah. <sighs> Look, just as a personal favor to me, it, it's... No, I don't care. It sounds like your project is perfect, as is. Seta unmentioned, though, uh, they kind of, they just want to get a beat on how the people of Saga are feeling about, you know, the new project uh, under Maya Ipskin, uh, the vertical plates. Just, maybe just see how the people are feeling, get a little... Get a little uh, opinions, uh, if you if you would, while you're filming. I mean, you're going to be filming the people of Saga anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and whatever they have to say, we want the truth, right? We want to we want to hear about that. And Seta Unmentioned wants the truth too. Yeah. Okay. Sure. No, that's that's yeah. I can I can do that. No problem. Wow, you're a real team player. I I can see why you love Saga <laughs> so much. You're like, a, it's like working with a, a member of the community. Oh well, you know that's 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 what it is. That's that's what this is about. You know, it's about us all all working together. And and hey, thank you so much for this. This is a, a you know I've, this script has been a thing which we've been batting around for like years and years. So this really means a lot. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, you 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 got it, kid. All right, well, uh, happy filmmaking. I'll I'll catch you at our meeting next week. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll see you there. <laughs> Past you, he motions to a uh, gentleman who is sat at a very, very fancy, very, very uh, glossy desk um, who buzzes you out the door. Um, thank you. Thank you. And then thanks the person who, who buzzed them in um, and then and then leaves. Walks out and then waits for a moment. And then as the door like, yes, yes. does the hair and then like uh, rebuttons their shirt and gets out their little communicator and then starts starts texting uh texting their little like uh friend group chat um of like filmmaking people of just like we got it (laughs) and is very excited about it 
there are so many futuristic gifts that get uh, exploded <laughs> into that group chat um, to celebrate your big win. Uh, Grist, uh, this is the overall building of Seta Unmentioned. Uh, right now, Sebastian is on the floor in which the uh, multimedia company subsidiary uh, rests. Uh, but there are many others here. And if you were headed here to work, maybe a couple offices down, you might have heard the faraway sounds of a moth celebrating. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grist pauses. She's fully scrubbing toilets. She's yeah. a janitor here. Uh like she's in the middle, like with her rubber gloves all the way up to her elbows and pauses. Like like dozens of, of floors away. She goes, What the Huh? Yes, someone's having a good day at least. And like goes back <laughs> to scrubbing it. Back in the outskirts of town, not far away from Comfort Cups, uh, we have the Hide and Seek Lodge, uh, which is not made of wood. It is very much a uh, new high-tech building. However, the outside has been camouflaged uh, via technology to look like an old-fashioned log cabin might. If you were to put your hand up to touch that wall, However, it would go right through and touch the steel and metal that actually make the building. The lodge has uh, has just opened up for the afternoon. It opens late and stays open late. Uh, Bernie and Calico are are around tending to people, but Winston, I imagine you'd be there uh, upon opening, if 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 I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. I am uh, Winston. I perfectly time my arrival to the lodge so that I'm not waiting. I am casually strolling in through the doors. And as I pass through the doors, if you were on the inside, you would see a polar bear in a Burberry suit, very well pressed, very well maintained, almost, almost very regal uh, demeanor, carrying a, uh, a cream-colored briefcase walking in doesn't need to check his wrist for the time but does anyway and reveals just like i, I don't know future rolex um e equivalent and we'll walk in and as soon as the doors close the the lodge doors uh close behind the the regal demeanor deflates a little bit oh an audible sigh escapes I'm as close to home as I could possibly be right now. I can relax. Yeah, uh, standing at around nine and a half feet tall, uh, a, as most male polar bears are about that that, that height, uh, will will pull from his suit pocket. It looks like it's going to be a cigar, but it's actually a beef jerky stick, and we'll start start nibbling and gnawing at it in much in the same way that. Uh, uh, someone would a cigar um, and finds a very comfortable seat by the by the hearth and will just lay the briefcase down unbutton the top uh, button of your shirt loosen the Burberry patterned uh, maroon tie and allow himself to just escape for a little bit Calico who is one of the two 
uh, owners of the lodge. Also a bear, more like a sun bear with a sort of golden coloring. Uh, a gentle lady who wears a frilly uh, pink and white dress uh, that uh, swishes when she walks, uh, comes up to you. Oh, hello, Winston. It's so good to see you again. Likewise, Calico. It's very good to see you today. How's work going? Are you working too hard? Oh, you know, work is work, Calico. I am often working, often too hard. But you gotta make a living here in Saga, you know? I admire the work that you do. I appreciate that you love it. I wish that one day I can do the exact same thing you do. Well, we're not, we're definitely short hands here. You could definitely work at the lodge if you wanted to. Give me a few extra days off a month, if you know what I mean. But we don't pay like those fancy lawyers do. So you're probably better off where you are. Oh, you know I could. I would if I could. If you would excuse me, Calico, on the topic of work, work does call. Oh, you're such a busy bear. I'll be back with some hot towels. And she uh, walks away, uh, gathering some some little goodies and passing them about to the customers at the lodge. I will... Uh, a smile, and then put my beef jerky stick back into my pocket, save that for later, pull out my my phone, and uh, check the notification. Uh, it is from Merrick, who works for Seta Unmentioned. Uh, not exactly someone you normally work directly with, but you're uh, mm-hmm. on this present project together. The text says, the film guys uh, coming into town is going to start asking people about how they feel about the uh, mayor and the project. Please make sure that the terms are strict before they sign. Okay, I'm going to read it, roll my eyes, and will respond you sh- you sh- are you sure there was no one else with any expertise in film that could be on this project? Question mark. Respectfully, of course. You get back respectfully, no. I will uh, text back, where can I meet them today? They just send you the contact details. I see that. I will... Um, respond confirmed heading out now and i will put my phone away tilt my head back big old bear sigh <sighs> rebutton the tie uh the, the shirt straighten the tie a little bit and slowly oh get up pick up the briefcase start heading out see calico on the way out and say I apologize. I wish I could stay longer, but duty calls. 
Oh, of course. We'll see you again soon. I know we will. Of course, of course. This is my second home. Good day to you, Calico. And as you're getting ready to leave, I believe, Apex, you were headed here. And you would make it around at this time. Uh, are you going straight in or what, what's your what's Apex's plan? He'd be going straight in. Kind of curious. He wants to see potentially what kind of people are going to be here uh, and make sure that they're not just going to take this job because they want money and then get in trouble. Like It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll go do this thing. And then it's like six children who decide to fight a demon. As you walk in, before either Winston gets to leave or Apex has really approached anyone, the TVs on the lodge, which are all playing like a sort of idle um, music uh, station that's playing different tracks of, of popular music around, switches off of music and switches to a commercial. The hospitality, kindness, and ingenuity of the people of Saga is unmatched by anything in the expanding universe. It's no surprise that people throughout the universe want to call our cozy planet home. Let's make room for them and support the Vertical Real Estate Program. Endorsed by Mayor Ipskin. <laughs> and it, the TVs all switch back to whatever programming they were on in the lodge. It's back to the dulcet sounds of easy listening music. I think... Um... I feel like Winston's heard this before. I I, I think like he was in a, a bunch of the 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 meetings in the and the you know in the room when this was first pitched and has been through a few iterations. And so to him, it's just noise at this mm -hmm. point. He knows it's coming, right? So unfazed, he can he's continuing to walk through while everyone kind of like, oh, this is new. Like like looks at the televisions and stuff. So um, we'll definitely get to the door. I think as will open the door and see Apex is right there. Oh, I'm, I'm quite sorry after you, my friend. How how tall is Winston? Nine and a half feet tall. I'm very tall. Apex is about seven and a half feet tall. So he's not as big as you, but still relatively large. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a moment where you see like the lights on Apex's eyes go from like red, red to white. And then maybe there's like a quick scan of you. <laughs> uh, and not just like looking like, like when you see something, scan something out and then processing it. Oh, I see. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I've, Fully holding the door open, like with the with the briefcase, like welcoming you into the lodge. Winston sort of, you know, cocks an eyebrow and just is just like, "Can I help you, my friend?" I don't think so. Are you um, involved with this establishment that is recruiting people for an excursion? Oh, I don't know very much about an excursion, but this establishment is a very fine establishment. They'll take care of you for whatever you need. I'll look over at Calico and I'll wink. Why did you do that? I'm just letting my, my, the very good host let her know that there's a potential new patron here. 
and to treat you kindly. You did all that through a wink? You see that Calico is skirting her way over uh, <laughs> to you. Apex's eyes do that, like, narrowing thing again. Yeah. <laughs> With the lights. They go back, and then he, he'll look at you and wink. <laughs> you you catch on pretty quick. Now, if if you don't mind, I must take my leave. Good luck. Happy trails. And I will puzzled look and then just be on my way. A storyteller. Yes. Can I use my blind sense scent to see if I can smell what's inside of that case? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. What did you keep in your briefcase, Winston? Okay. Um, it's future tech. So uh, it's future times. So there's not very many paper things. You know, maybe... <laughs> what is with you people in paper? <laughs> in the future, there's no paper. They, there's, they eliminate there's some paper. paper. There, there, there is some paper. Let me be clear about. But that you can, you can smell. I don't know. Like if I don't know if you can smell like uh, a tablet. You know, just, just that I keep all my work files on. You can smell uh, some amount of beef jerky sticks. Uh, you can smell ink, and you can smell some documents. And and uh, and in particular, uh, you can pick up the chemicals of very official notary ink. Hmm. Apex will remember that. <laughs> I like step to the side and then kind of turn to look at the briefcase, lift his head up to you. And then you you hear like coming through the mask a <sighs> registering that this gigantic bear person is just carrying beef sticks in like 3033. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then he like, there's like, he's kind of frozen because now there's this giant bear stick beef person behind him. And then another like <sighs> Mrs. Doubtfire beef person, bear person walking towards him. And he's like, what did I agree to? Why am I here? All right, sure. Let's just keep people from dying, I guess. Hello, dear. Welcome in. Welcome into the lodge. What can I do for you? You want a seat? You want a chair? Or do, do you want a private booth? What do you What do you need today? A, a small friend of mine told me that you were gathering people here to look into some excursion. Oh, oh, you talked to Switch, huh? Okay, yeah. Yes, I did. Why do you seem concerned? Ah, wink. Okay. It's just that we got these uh, contracts left in our mailbox just this morning, and we really... Is, is my visor not working? Why are you acting weird? The bear told me to do this. Winston uh, told you to wink at me? Yes. I'll talk to him. I'm a married woman, uh, so... What? You know, we, it's, it's all right, though. Um, look, so... We got these contracts, and your Switch's uh, friend, the one that... Apex. They said you were interested in all of those kinds of science things, so I figured I'd show you. Um, Switch seems to think you're pretty trustworthy, and frankly, I, I don't know who else to show. 
Lead the way. She brings you into a a, a, a back room of the lodge, an office. The illusion of the log cabin feel is no longer present in this office. It is a uh, modern um, office with a, a holographic computer screen uh, on the desk and a very, very uh, confused, tired, disgruntled uh looking bear another sun bear as well who is hunched over this desk swiping through a very long document that's going across the screen uh sorry uh calico dear who's our friend oh this is apex it's switches contact uh, they're here to maybe look at the things and see what what's going on here uh, oh <clears throat> sorry well look i don't look i don't know i don't know what any of this means I, I don't trust the city really uh but this contract shows up at my doorstep and i'm expected to sign it i guess so i don't know if you got some insights couldn't hurt to look. Let me see it. And he'll, he'll put out his hand. Scrolling through this document, it's th- there are some plain things about it and some not so plain things. What you're able to pick up very uh, immediately is that this is a basic contract asking the owners of the lodge to share some information about their clientele with Seta Unmentioned, which has, of course, a research subsidiary in biology and evolution. The contract is asking them to share things pertaining to uh, this lodge has like uh, sauna and gym and things like that. And as such, like has some records on people like their physical abilities, heart rates, uh, some very light biometrics. And they're Mm. asking for the Lodge to share that with them. In return, the Lodge would be well compensated. They would be provided with a privacy agreement. Of course, only Seta Unmentioned would get a hold of this information. They wouldn't share it with any advertisers or anything like that. It's all going to research. But The thing that strikes you as odd is that this contract seems much longer than it needs to be to convey just that information. There's a lot of twists and turns to the language, and it would be easy for something to be slipped in here uh, to allow for loopholes and other arrangements. I feel like a good person to speak to would be the large figure that actually just left. What did you say his name was? Winston? He seemed to be the type involved with legal situations. I just got a whiff of something like that. Oh, you're for sure correct. He's very good with the the, the legal side of things. It's just that we take 
our customers relaxation time very seriously they come here to have a good time and and put work off their shoulders and if if they come here and then all of a sudden i'm asking him to review these documents and things i'm kind of going against you know what this place is for which is to leave work outside the door but he winked at you they they do they wink quite often um but it's 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 just a, a little a quirk of theirs are you married to winston oh no this is this is my husband here hmm. and he uh, this may be awkward i'm done with this part of the conversation okay that's that's fine uh well what do you think should we sign it or 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 what i think you should ask if you can speak to a representative so that they can further clarify some misunderstood notions and that you yourself would like to have a legal representative to make sure you are represented in the way that you would like to be if they fail to do so they're trying to how do you say Fuck you. Oh. Not like that. You're free to use the language you want, sir. But I, it's very... It's a little crass for my tastes. That's all. Um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll consult with somebody. That's okay. Uh, you know, just... I don't know. It's, we could use the help, so I, I figured we'd... We'd try. What would you like? Well, they're offering a significant amount of money for this info, so I might, might be concerned. How badly do you need the money? How much are they offering you? They, they're offering 10,000 credits at first, and then there's a contracted fee for more a month. Is there a role or anything that Apex could make to see how bad this would be if they signed it like what the repercussions could be would you would you make a sense motive role uh after having read this this contract it's a 21. even though the document is huge and would take so much time to pour through one thing that seems clear is that if they were to do this and provide this information and sign this contract, it would be it would be up to Seta Unmentioned to ever cancel it. That power and ability would not be something that the Lodge would have capability of. Ooh, hate that. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Apex will mention that too and say that it would be better if, yeah, it would be better if they could convince a representative to come speak to them personally. Um, and Apex would be willing to come back around whenever that figure was coming around and like ready to have that conversation so that he could be a middle ground or peacekeeper if necessary. Uh, because basically it sounds like they're trying to strong arm them and that like they would have the full agency of like well this ends because we're done not because like we could drive you into the ground ruin your reputation and you can be like no ha 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 nah we don't do that here oh okay i think i understand um thank you and uh, if you want uh, there's a sauna room uh, with your name on it on the house today 
Um, thank you so much for stopping by and and uh, switch. Uh, you you send them my uh, love. I just think they're so sweet. So yeah, Apex will uh, give Kyloko their information. And it's like a private little sauna room. Mm -hmm. uh, so Apex is going to head to the sauna room, turn the sauna on full blast, uh, takes his helmet off, but in true like movie fashion, as his helmet comes off, there's fog in front of it. And then you see two glowing eyes underneath that then blink and get covered in the sauna mist. Back in the center of town nim is there any way nim would like to have been spending the afternoon she for sure was just kind of walking throughout the town and uh taking everything in she's been here for a minute but they're still trying to get a sense of where they really are as far as like the climate and also the um, kind of the politics of the place too and how things work. So uh, they've definitely just been walking and exploring and just things that I feel like Chris wouldn't necessarily let them do. <laughs> and, you know, just as far as like protection goes. Everything seems vaguely familiar in a way. The way that people walk with purpose to their destinations, uh, the way some people hold each other's hands as they uh, as they travel, things that just have this vague sense of familiarity and comfort. Far away on like the outskirts, the peripherals of your awareness and your vision, there is something akin to dread, anxiety, but you can't discover the source of it yet. But there is something far away that is Boom. vibrating almost with this sense of impending consequence and dread. So I think Nim is definitely going to kind of follow the sense to see if it gets stronger as they get closer to it uh as you follow this this course and you start weaving you notice that you're you're getting further outside of town and closer into the city noise goes from the low hum of people talking and working and operating about their day to something more loud and mechanical. Uh, there is the whir of different, of more machines. There is the hammering and buzzing of construction off in the distance. There is just more of everything. There's more light. The thing that you notice the most as you, as you get closer to the city and following closer to this sense of dread is the appearance of more and more of these big enormous electronic monitors displaying advertisement after advertisement on a loop uh, occasionally it's the one you heard before in town 
but it's also many others for many other things. There's something that keeps repeating and repeating and repeating, and it is the smallest print of funded by Seta Unmentioned. And that is on almost all of these little billboards that increase as you leave the town and enter the city. Grist, you are just about due to get off of work. I think as Grist got off work, there was a period of time when she was like pushing her janitorial cart, like down these hallways, like heading it toward the break lounge to like store everything with the rest of the custodians. When all of the monitors in the hall had flicked over to that commercial that we heard over the airwaves earlier. And when that happened, while Gris was still alone, like in these halls, she had frozen and yanked her head to the side and stared. And as the commercial played, especially as I said, drift core, uh, we see just like a, a pulsation of light flare in the pits of her colorless dead eyes, just kind of go up for a second. And like a little bit of, what is that? Radiance? What is that? Lucence? Just sort of like throb for a second uh, through the spider webbing crack like scars across her skin. And like her grip tightens on the handle of the janitorial cart so hard that it cracks the plastisteel. Uh, like it just. <sighs> she takes a deep breath, closes her eyes, and like everything just sort of like comes back down. And that faint hum of Almost sounds kind of like a Tesla coil that had been building, like boop, 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 goes back down, and then she puts the car back back in its stall. And now, as she's on the city streets, she's got her saddlebag by her side as usual, uh, sort of rolling a shoulder out, like rolling her neck out from a hard day of just on her hands and knees scrubbing floors and toilets. Uh, when she, I think, like freezes on a street corner as she sees Nim, definitely in a part of Saga that they've never been before and probably shouldn't be according to according to Grist. N Nim. Oh, hello. What are you doing here? Did something happen? No, I was just exploring, is all. It's dangerous out here in the city. There are a lot more people, a lot more vehicles, a lot more stuff. I've noticed, but something caught my attention that was sort of in the air. And I've been trying to figure out what it is, but I can't necessarily pinpoint it. It wasn't grease fumes again, was it? No, it wasn't. It was more of a feeling. The best way I can describe it is that it felt like something was pushing me down into the earth. Grist takes a poignant pause at that, glances around at this packed street, looks at all the monitors with the subliminal messages uh, flashing through the speakers, and actually holds out an arm and like toward your shoulders to like sort of pull you off to a more secluded area. Maybe like a little crevice or a nook or a cranny somewhere so we're not just kind of in the middle of Broadway. Uh, and we'll, you know, let you come, we'll not force you. Yeah, she'll definitely follow. Was this sensation, this feeling. Have you ever felt it before? In different capacities, but 
This is weighted as if there's something deeper that's going on. It was as if I couldn't move almost as if I couldn't keep going forward in many senses. Worry, not Grist's brow, darkens her face. A contraction of shadow flits across her expression. And she tentatively reaches out a big, calloused, scarred hand and, like, pauses by your face and, like, looks at you for permission to uh, touch the side of your cheek. And she places her palm against your cheekbone. Looking at Nim, at the noise, at the billboards, and within, this is not magic at work. This is not any sort of magical manipulation at work. This is a different kind of power. This is the kind of power that people have, uh, that people can wield whether they have magic or not. This is the overwhelming amount of wealth and control that you see as you see the name of the company that you work for with whom you barely interact with people on the executive level. You have not seen a person in a suit there face to face since the day that you were hired. However, these names and people, whoever they are, all operate under this one name. And this one name is suddenly everywhere. And the familiarity of that is what you recognize in Nim, except for Nim, it's chaotic. And for you, it's personal. You sense how familiar that feeling is. Light flashing through the scars up their wrist like the serrated fingers of uh, electricity. Uh, really, this deep magmatic red had cracked its way up her skin all the way to her fingers. And even though like heat literally vibrates off the surface of Grist's hand, it doesn't hurt you at all, Nim, as she's touching the side of your cheek. It feels like a warm like heat pack almost. Uh, and her eyes had like sort of rolled shut and her eyelids had fluttered closed. But toward the end of that investigation, you see these two bright bulbs of light flash through her eyelids, like shining a flashlight through a thinner film of flesh. And then her eyes flash back open, like the light dies down, that like energetic feeling settles back down. And she like almost like snatches her hand back as if burned and like jerks away from you a little bit, which I don't think she's ever done before. This. Did I hurt you? No, 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 never. I just this it's happening it's it's happening again it's just like in crisis just like this time she's the one that reaches up and puts one of her small hands on your face remember what we talked about 
When things get like this, yeah, you just breathe. And on that deep, ragged exhale, we see, like, I think tendrils of smoke and heat that have started to coil off of her leather vest, like, settle back down and sizzle back down. <sighs> right. Right. It's just... Nim. This place. It's... <laughs> it's got its problems, sure. It has its ugliness, yes. But it's also so... Beautiful. Like Grain 962 was. Like other planets in Crassus. And for it to happen again here, I can't. I won't. I can't. We can't go through it again. Chaos is beautiful in some ways, but it destroys a lot. I mean, all that matters is that we still have each other and. That's something that we need to focus on. From the mouth of babes, I suppose. What Ma always said. I mean, technically, I'm not a child, but... I get what you mean. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a older sibling. I never had siblings. Um, <clears throat> but Nim, it's always, it's always the same culprit, isn't it? It was Crassus core back home, and here it's, it's that. And Gris turns her head toward one of the huge billboards flashing the subliminal message of Seda Unmentioned, Seda Unmentioned, Seda Unmentioned, over and over and over again. And you see a steely set of her jaw. She just pins her gaze upon it. This is a reminder though, that you cannot carry the world's problems. <laughs> I'm not. I just have a specific notch on my shoulder. I need to get out. I'm not going anywhere. I never let you. <laughs> you know, you're the best of us, Nim. Everything I do here, everything we do here, everything I've ever done ever since, you know, it's, it's been for you. And I know, I know you have feelings about that. You tell me my life is worth something. You say I'm worth something. And I appreciate that, Nim. And when you say that um, she's the best of everyone, like, um, Nim is very, it's not that there's nothing there, but she's not very expressive. But for a split second, there's a flash of something that goes across her face. And they look a little confused like why did that just happen but then they kind of push it down and they sort of continue listening <laughs> look at me nim i'm a dead woman walking if i can take out as many of those bastards on my way back down to the grave i will just don't kill yourself trying to do it <laughs> right yeah, but it's gonna take a lot more than just, you know, a couple of shitty guys in suits to take me down. You don't have to worry about that. You are very stubborn, yes. <laughs> yeah, Paul always said my stubbornness is what would keep me alive. I, uh, guess he wasn't wrong. Uh, do you, um, 
hear them? F feel them, I mean, at all, in any way? Mostly when I try to sleep, I do. Did they say anything to you about me? No. They just stand there, staring. Nothing is really said. And I sort of see it as they aren't ready to say anything yet. So that's why I try to be patient. All right. Right. Yeah. Well, if they do say anything, you'll let me know, right? Of course. You have my word. Thanks, Nim. Oh, I picked this up from the concession stand. And she reaches into her satchel and pulls out... Uh, I think it's just a bunch of grapes. Like, on a single <laughs> thing. It's just a bunch of grapes, like, raw from the saddlebag. And hands it over to you. These are grapes. Yes, it's a fruit. And she rolls the word fruit around in her mouth like it's a precious candy. Interesting. What, what exactly does it taste like? I don't know. I, I wanted you to have all of it. I, I only have had fruit two times. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope you like it better than the French fries. <laughs> I, I tend to like sweeter things, so I hope I like them too. Hmm. Noted. All right. Let's uh, go back home. I just have to fix a door, something like that. Just some extra petty cash. Okay. And she just kind of like takes one of the grapes and just like puts one in her mouth and she like chews it for a second and she like does like the little kid thing where she's like, it's a weird texture, but she keeps eating them. As you head back into town, uh, you do see that Comfort Cups uh, has one of those Almost like, you know, uh, the, the, the sheet metal uh, that comes down around stores today, but it's sort of like a hologram that has like a, a little goodbye message and like when the opening times will be and a sweet little preview of new soups and noodle cups recipes to come. It's only halfway down and you can clearly see that it is askew and not functioning. Winston, after you left the lodge, what were you uh, to have done? I have the coordinate, or they yeah. sent me the information and all the coordinates and stuff to to where uh, Sebastian is heading. And so I'm heading straight there. I am an efficient representative of Loran, Loran and Associates. I want to get this done as soon as possible so I can get back to the lodge. As you... Head back into town. Sebastian, you're heading back into town after work. Grist and Nim, you're back in town, ready to work uh, for this local soup shop. And Apex, after your time in the sauna, where where might you be headed? I think Apex is actually just wandering around trying to think of what those people want out of Calico and the company. Kind of just like sitting with his thoughts at that point. Because if, like, if, if he's like running calculations and like tests... Uh, on the side, then he's kind of just wandering around to see what's going on at the same time while, like, processing. For now, 
uh, because the city, most things close in the, in the early evening. This laboratory, this research facility, definitely would be something that would pique your particular interests. Uh, but it's likely that it's shut down for the day. However, it's possible that other businesses in town have gotten similar, uh, if not the same, contracts. If you're following that thread, town is a good place to go. As the sun goes down and you all uh, arrive in your particular places around town, this part of the neighborhood is quite alive at night. Uh, people are out. Uh, they don't really quite go back into their homes right after the workday ends. Uh, people tend to, especially while it is this nice out, spend some time outside. There are these large swaths of grassy knoll between all of the different businesses and uh, buildings about. And people tend to spend a lot of time out here after work, eating their meals outside, even talking playing, uh, betting games, just decompressing on the end of the day. Which is what you all do. Until next session. This episode of The Atomless is part one of an in-universe four-part special. I was joined by Gabe Hicks or Gabe James Games on socials playing Apex, Connie Chung or by Connie Chung on socials playing Grist, Brie or Brito on socials playing Nim, Christian or The Kappa Chris on socials playing Winston, and Matthew Eckberg or Captain Crail on socials playing Sebastian. We also had a special appearance by Momo O'Brien or Momo underscore O'Brien on socials from the principal cast of The Atomless. Music and Foley sounds were provided by Artlist with the exception of The Atomless original tracks by Marty Eisenberg. And I'm Dylan, or Super Dylan, on socials, and I'm thrilled to be GMing this glimpse into the past of the Aesir solar system and playing God in Matthew's original universe. As always, the next time we fly through the Atomless Sea, I hope you are there to fly with us. Bye.